Hi, everybody. Today on Coders, we're going to be talking about Microsoft. So join us right after this. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Hey everybody, it's Victor, and this week we are going to be talking about Microsoft's Windows 10 hardware event, and we're just going to be looking at some of the things that Microsoft talked about, kind of rounding these things up. Uh, Microsoft had, of course, this big Windows 10 event. Windows 10 came out of beta a few weeks ago, about a few months ago. Um, it's, of course, been in a public beta. This has been a big deal for Microsoft to get the public beta out there and to let people kick the tires a little bit. Also free upgrades. Uh, if you're on Windows 8, then you could upgrade easily. I upgraded and have had very few problems with Windows 10. So what did the Microsoft event do for you? What did it leave out? Of course, leave us comments and let us know. But uh, let's just look at each of the things that Microsoft talked about. So the first thing, let's look at HoloLens. Now, HoloLens didn't get a whole lot of new information. We've seen a lot of game demos. We've seen this is a super promising technology. Uh, Microsoft basically did more cool whiz-bang game demos at the at the event. In this case, they are saying, like they keep saying, and like every developer now says of hardware, third-party developers are going to be key. So third-party applications will be key. The HoloLens developer kit, however, will set you back $3,000 and will not be available until the first quarter of 2016. So we've still got a long ways to see what people will even develop outside of Microsoft itself. So while the game demos have been a really welcome thing, the fact is, is that none of us are going to get to really play with the HoloLens very much until early 2016, and that's only if you're a game developer. After that, we will probably start seeing commercial, uh, the, the actual hardware for people, for regular people, and who knows, it might be next Christmas or it might be even later than that. So we're, we're going to keep watching on that one. Speaking of gaming, however, the Xbox One loves Windows 10. Uh, you know, really what this means is Microsoft is very dedicated on getting Windows 10 to as many different devices as possible. That includes the Xbox One, right? So they're looking at this one operating system for all its devices, which is different than Apple. We would, recently, Tim Cook came out and said he was not going to merge iOS and macOS. So with the Xbox One and Windows 10, Really what this means is that you'll be able to play your Xbox 360 games on the Xbox One, which sounds crazy uh, to say that we're waiting for Windows 10 to do that, but apparently there's a lot of stuff under the hood that had to happen for that to happen. So it's interesting that Windows 10 will be running on the Xbox One. This is, of course, again, perfectly in line with what Microsoft is talking about, which is one operating system to rule all of its hardware. And that really goes back to the roots of Microsoft, which is developing an operating system that can bend and morph over to whatever it needs to be. Uh, another thing that they talked about, and this is a wearable device, this is the Internet of Things, is the Band 2. Uh, if you remember the original Band, it was not a huge hit. Of course, the market leader in this pretty much is Fitbit. They have a lot of brand recognition. Microsoft has a lot of brand recognition, but not as a fitness tracker uh, type device. Now, the new Fit, uh, Band 2 will actually feature, it's got a sleeker sort of look, it's a better fit, it's a better feel, it's got Gorilla Glass, um, and I think the bigger deal is that it has Cortana. This, this will allow you to access Cortana. It's very much like what the Apple Watch does with Siri. Um, it's also gonna be more sensitive to touch, 
and it will sense changes in elevation, which is something that most of the Fitbit devices can do already. And a quote, improved set of health tracking tools, which of course we'll have to check out and see what that uh, means. But it's available pre-order right now for $249 and will go into stores on October 30th. So we'll have to wait and see what's up with that. Now, Microsoft has been accused of, of focusing a lot on, in their phone division, on the low end of things. And one thing I want to talk about real quick is in terms of worldwide smartphone OS market share, and this is important to our developer friends out there, share in unit shipments anyway. Um, as of Q2 2015, Android really shipped the most. Now, this is worldwide, okay? Um, you know, iOS is not everywhere, and Windows Phone is certainly not everywhere. But one thing that I found interesting is going from 2012 to 2015, Windows Phone peaked in terms of this metric, the share in unit shipments, at 3.4% back in 2013. Uh, it's been wavering, but basically it's been falling a little bit. 2014, Q2 was 2.5. 2015 Q2 was 2.6, whereas iOS has kind of been climbing in that same period, and Android also. It's an interesting battle where no one really is winning, um, but Microsoft has everything to gain right now by trying to increase the Windows Phone share. So they focused really on the low-end market, which is a little bit different. Android started out with some expensive devices and then kind of went very low from then on out. So what do we have? Well, they announced the Lumia 950 and then Lumia 950 XL. And this is a phone and a phablet. It's one of those gigantic phones that is neither tablet nor phone, really. Um, and they focused a lot on the antenna technology and saying that the connectivity is really key. And as someone who has an iPhone and is constantly frustrated when the Wi-Fi takes over the cellular network and whatnot. I, I can tell you there's a lot of connectivity issues these days, and it's something that has become extremely important, I think, to technology makers is to look and see, because everything is connected. You're no longer just playing music on your device, you're playing your music through your device from the cloud. So those always persistent connections are incredibly important. And in this case, the Lumias uh, are going to feature some really good, good hardware, like the antenna technology, which I said they spent a lot of time on. They also spent a lot of time on the 20 megapixel cameras, which are beautiful. They have a natural flash. They also shoot 4K video. Again, this is just like the iPhone 6S does the same thing. A little bit different than the, the new iPhones are they have OLED displays. They've got a pixel density of 564 PPI and 518 PPI. Um, like I said, they both have the 20 megapixel cameras. Uh, they come with an octa-core and hexa-core processors and liquid cooling technology, which is some pretty crazy stuff. And again, Microsoft really flexing their engineering prowess here. And you can see them coming up to speed very quickly. Not that they've not been, you know, they've been great actually at hardware for years. If you've used a Microsoft mouse or keyboard, you know, they've made great ones of those. The Zoom, excellent hardware. So they have a lot of experience with this and they're really pushing into this hard now. Um, the other thing is the 950s are going to come with 32 gigs of internal storage. And the iPhone 6S still starts at 16 gigs, which I think is a huge detriment. Um, and it's worth noting that this will have a micro SD card, the USB Type-C connector. These are shipping in November and will be exclusive to AT&T in the United States. And that's a really big deal. The 950 will retail at 549 and the XL is going to sell for 649 so again, these are very, very competitive with the iPhone. 
the trick is getting that market share up and the trick is convincing people that their app store is going to have everything that they want in there. Um, so these are finally the premium devices that they've been talking about. Now let's look at the Surface Pro 4. Of course, the Surface Pro uh, is a big hit. The Surface Pro has been a big hit for Microsoft and the Surface Pro Cell 3 sold very, very well because it's really good hardware and they executed quite nicely on it. Um, Microsoft said at the very beginning of the show that the Surface generates around 3.5 billion in yearly revenue. So anybody who wonders why in the world did Microsoft decide to start making hardware, there's your answer. Um, that's from nothing uh, just a few years ago, right? So Microsoft is telling us that the Pro 4 is the thinnest Surface Pro to date, um, which is interesting that they're still kind of going into that metric. And we're still in that phase in, in computing technology where everybody's going to talk about how much thinner and smaller things are getting. Um, although you've seen phones get small and then get big again. So we're kind of with that with the computers right now. But anyway, this is a 12.3 inch screen, 267 PPI and supports over 5 million pixels. They've revamped the stylus and the cover that had the keyboard on it, which is called type. And the stylus now has a year's worth of battery life in it and will snap to the edge of the device and the type cover has the little chiclet style keyboard. Now, this will be available in October at uh, 26th, and it's gonna retail for $899. So some things to consider about this is that the Surface Pro 4, again, trying to be competitive with the MacBook Air and now the iPad Pro, and I think they've got a really, really good shot here because $899 for an incredibly capable computer that also happens to be a tablet, uh, it's, it's just a really excellent device, and especially for students. And we see a lot of architectural and engineering students using these because of the precision that's in that stylus. And a lot of people think that, and I certainly think that that's a reason why Apple also decided to use a stylus is because you, can't, you just can't simulate that precision with a finger or something that's not a smart stylus. There has to be a communications loop between the pen and the actual tablet itself. Now, speaking of which, the Surface Pro was really anticipated, but something that we, we kind of got taken off guard by was the Surface Book. Now, the Surface Book is a new thing. And this, again, Microsoft spent a lot of time talking about the engineering on the Surface Book. And they, and they looked at, you know, uh, it was a very reminiscent, again, of Apple sort of showing off, hey, look, we've got a lot of engineering chops here. And it's true. Microsoft is fabulous at making hardware when they really put their minds to it. In this case, the Surface Book, which again, a lot of people are making comparisons with the MacBook, it's not even comparable at all. The MacBook is woefully underpowered for what it is. Um, the iPhone 6S actually has a better processor in the darn thing. So you can forget about that immediately. But this is a convertible laptop. This is what a lot of third-party manufacturers have been making already, where it's a nice, high-resolution, high-performance laptop, plus it's a tablet. So it's got a 13 and a half inch display. It's got a trackpad made of glass. Again, like what Apple's been doing with its trackpads, a backlit keyboard, a machined magnesium body. Uh, the Surface Book has Intel Core processors, NVIDIA GPU. Um, it's the fastest laptop of its size ever made, according to Microsoft, with a 12 hour battery life, 267 PPI pixel density display, and a keyboard that's supposed to be very, very quiet. Now, one thing that I noticed about the Surface Book is that honestly, the design in some ways is nicer than the iPad Pro 
Um, I don't know about the MacBook Air, but the MacBook Air is now getting a little long in the tooth. It needs a revamp. It certainly doesn't have the hardware specs that this thing has. And uh, one thing that I think is very telling is that if you see pictures of the Surface Book closed like this from the side, it's very sleek and it looks like a proper laptop. If you look at pictures of the iPad Pro, hold it up like that with its keyboard, it looks very clunky and kind of ridiculous because you can see through the keys, the keys don't are not flush with the rim of the, uh, of the case that goes over it. So this is one of those situations where you can look and say, look, uh, design is something that can be learned. Design is something that can be taught to an organization. Microsoft has worked very hard to try to bring some design sensibilities into its product line. And that's really showing with the Surface Book. And uh, it's going to be an interesting marketplace because Mac sales have actually slowed somewhat in the past few quarters. And as we come into the holiday season, how hard is Microsoft going to be pushing? Well, Windows 10 is going to be everywhere. And one of the cool things that they were showing off was the ability for a Windows phone, and particularly the Lumias have very good processors in them. These Windows phones become a desktop class computer, basically. And the fact that we're seeing iPhones with desktop class chips in them, this is where things are going. So you'll be able to use your Windows phone, plug it into a little dock, and they actually showed one of the little docks. It has like three HDMI ports, several USB ports. I mean, it, it's sort of a monster in that way. But you can drive all of that from this little piece of glass that you can put in your pocket and basically have an entire computer in your pocket that morphs to what you need. So. That's something that Apple's gonna have to think very hard about because they've already said, we're not gonna merge iOS and macOS. So what does that mean? It means that you're, while they have handoff and they have some other technologies that they've implemented so that when you say, get a text message on your iPhone, you can actually drop down into your Mac and finish that. That's a nice idea, but there's still that mental thing of you're going from this sort of operating system to a different operating system. They're different ways of interacting. And Microsoft is doing a very good job, I think, of taking those two disparate ways of interacting with your technology, in this case, touching versus typing, pointing versus actually pinching and zooming and interacting with your interface. Um, they're really taking those two things and merging them in a very important way with Windows 10. So it's gonna be very interesting to see if the marketplace responds to that. And I think that the Surface Book will be a great, great competitor with the iPad Pro this holiday season. Speaking of which, the Surface Book starts at $14.99 and is available to pre-order on October 7th. And you know, I actually made the comparison to the iPad Pro, but that's not fair. This competes more with the MacBook Pro um, and Apple's top of the line. So $14.99, if you look at Apple's MacBook Pros, like that's, that's cheaper and more capable because you actually have a number of things that are not available in the uh, in the MacBook Pro. So that is, uh, that's pretty much what Microsoft talked about at this event this past week. It was, uh, it was a big deal, especially if you were betting all of your marbles on Windows 10. And I think that developers would be good to focus on Windows 10 right now. It's very much an open market in the Windows phone store, uh, in the Windows marketplace, all of those uh, app stores that they've created. It's very, very open, and something that I always remind people who are talking about getting into game development is that with Unity, you can export to Windows Phone for free. You can go to uh, the Windows Store for free. So if you want to make PC games, you can actually do that for free using Unity today. 
Um, and Microsoft is working really hard to bring their tools to everybody, as many people as possible, including making some actual Mac IDEs for people. But uh, we'll talk about those later. We're going to find some developers who have been doing cross-platform development and bring their apps to mobile on all of the different platforms, except for maybe BlackBerry in a future episode. So join us next time and we will continue talking about mobile and we'll start looking at some developer, some developers who have actually been working on some of these newest devices that will be coming out in the holiday season. Until next time, my name is Victor Greta Jr. and you guys have been watching Coders. Thanks for joining. Coders is a production of RCR TV News. To reach Victor Agreta Jr. or to suggest a show topic for coders, you can reach him on Twitter at SuperPixels. For all the latest news on wireless code and the whole world of wireless, check out rcrwireless.com.